Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm here with Rob Carson, founder and CEO of Sempersec. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I no, am it's, I, I'm glad. We, um, we had actually rescheduled this podcast <laughs> uh, due to my continual ailments, uh, um, kidney stones over and over again. It was, uh, it was pretty wow. awful. So I really appreciate the fact that you jump on and, and reschedule this with me. Uh, you saw me probably at my worst. <laughs> Kidney stones, like no, I don't even want to talk to me. Like <laughs> that hurts. Yeah, it was it was not fun. Uh, spent some time in the hospital. Not a not. I don't recommend it. It was not the. Uh, I actually had to push my honeymoon out to March. It was going to be my honeymoon, and I hit the. Uh, you know, I hit, I hit this uh, stuff. I'm like, all right, forget it. We're no, no honeymoon. Instead, I'll just spend it in the all inclusive hospital. <laughs> so, yeah, but at twice the rate. <laughs> so I was going to go to St. Augustine, Florida, and and you know oh. uh, the joke is that I I didn't go to that St. A's. I went to another St. A's, which was the St. Anthony's Hospital instead. Ooh. So, uh, but now we're here, and yeah. uh, we since you know you had a great idea, which is let let's get the the bourbon flowing, right? Absolutely. What what are you what are you drinking? So I am drinking Colorado State straight bourbon because I live in Colorado. This yep. is made by Peach Street Distillery. Oh. Uh, and I tell you, like, Colorado was leading the microbrewers back in the day. Now we're reading the micro distilleries, like Breck Bourbon, also another excellent bourbon. But I am drinking the Peach Street because this is probably my favorite bourbon, period. I'm going to have to try that out. The yeah. uh, I, I got the Ghost Hill, Texas bourbon uh, um, uh, that I was trying out for the first time. It's actually really good, very smooth going down. Um, I usually drink uh, what's called Old St. Pete. Uh, ah. it's a whiskey and, um, and that's made right down the street from me. So being in St. Petersburg, Florida, so both really good, uh, really good bourbon. So, uh, today we're going to be talking a lot, a lot about security, but before we get into that, I want to, uh, um, hit you up with a little segment we call random access memories. All right. Okay. This is just a fun little segment. It's like <laughs> rapid fire. I'm going to throw a question at you and just whatever comes to your head first. Right. Okay. The first question is, what is the craziest Wi-Fi SSID that you've ever seen? Oh. Well, I, mine's free NSA Wi-Fi. But, <laughs> uh, I have mine, mine is uh, yeah. vi virus infected. Virus infected. I like that. Which is always hilarious because if I set up a laptop and set it out and send it out or something, they always have that kind of in their in their setting. They're like, "I've got a no, you don't have a virus. It's just the name of my." Uh, awesome. Well, my guest, my guest wireless is in law net because, like, why am I letting them come into my network? Like, I don't know where that laptop's been. <laughs> I love course, it. Uh, yeah, no, those are good names. I like the free NSA Wi-Fi. That's that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> um, what is the most useless? IT invention. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> huh. Can I just say acronyms? Yeah. Like, oh, no, I'm saying like period acronyms. Oh, like, just acronyms in general. It's oh, like so many. All of a sudden, it's like maybe the most useless. I don't know. Bob came. Microsoft Bob came to mind. Oh, you know the Clippy. Not Clippy, Bob, the precursor. Oh, precursor. This, that was this was a an entire like. You know, uh, I think the worst thing is Minesweeper because that'll suck your time uh, away. Uh, Remember Minesweeper? That's true. 
Like, I do remember Minesweeper, and I would always, I, I could never get it. Ziptis. Remember Ziptis? Like, those did not last long. I had Ziptis, and that I, was yeah. another thing. That was on the I, gateway. On the gateway. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. It was back yeah. in the day. There's so many useless uh, yeah. pieces. And it's amazing how quickly the, uh, the um, you're like, this is, I need to have this. I need to spend a ton of money on it. And then, like, no longer need it. No, you know what? Probably, it's not maybe an IT, maybe it's an IT invention. The Sega CD, because I bought one. Sega CD? I'm not sure. What's that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I never bought another gaming console since. Because I've been like, I bought one. It's like it's like buying like the Nintendo 3D. The, yeah. the 3D. Remember like that thing where like it had like one game of like tennis that people got headaches from? It was yeah, like buying yeah. that. It was actually better than that. But it's still, it, it, it lasted a year or two. Oh, like, yeah, that, that's not... Uh, you, know, you think uh, you're buying the next console and it's like... Uh, I think I've had my uh my xbox one now for um a, a probably a good five or six years that thing no. is just uh, uh it just keeps rocking so and still plays all the it still plays great games uh, so i don't have an issue with it all right here's the last one here's your last one you ready for it ready if you could be haunted by an it ghost who would you want it to be oh oh They can be alive though, still, huh? They can be alive still. Well, uh, sure. Why not? Well, they gotta be dead. They gotta be dead because I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if they're an IT ghost. Like, so we're talking. Oh, Ross Pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would. That would be a, a ghost that it just would continually be in your ear. Stop Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you gotta love Ross. Like, I mean, <laughs> I talk about pulling a Ross Pro. It's like they're just gonna pay me to leave. Like, oh boy. All right. Um. So, let tell me about Sempersec because sure. I, I I saw this thing and I you know I actually people don't know I actually appeared on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I will appear on your podcast uh, when it gets out there. Um. But, and uh, and then we were chatting, and then I, I said, "Hey, you should you should jump over on mine as well, and we can we can be podcast buddies, right?" Yeah. Um, but tell me about Sempersec. I'm interested yeah. to understand this. Sure. So we do what I call the arts and crafts of cybersecurity. Like, <laughs> like I know the people who hack Teslas, but we're not the people who do that. Like, there's guy, you know, there's guy named Carfalker, there's digital science, there's a lot of people who do that. We don't do that. So what we do is. We come in and typical engagement is customer is trying to they they've they're they've signed up for something and their or their sales team wants to go sell to this big customer and they need to get ISO SOC to FISMA FedRAMP NIST whatever acronym it is some sort of security compliance certification and that's where we come in to go make that suck less like we will craft the policies we facilitate your risk assessment. We uh, interview you, make sure the policies are written in your vernacular. We do the internal audit. We sit there as your battle buddy during certification to make sure that you pass and you don't say something stupid, um, which has happened. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's an art yeah. form, by the way, to this. And people don't yeah. quite understand. They think it's just read off a list and, and stuff like that. But there's, a, there's an art form in the way that you frame the, mm-hmm. uh, the information the way you write the policies. We're going to get into this a little bit later Absolutely. in more depth, but there, there is a, uh, this is not just a, 
pick anyone off the street, be able to do this type thing. This, no. is, this is not the case. You can really, by the way, if you're a company and you don't do this, uh, um, you don't do this like a, uh, um, the right way, right? You can get all sorts of problems. You know, people coming back to you, auditors coming back to you. Uh, you'll lose uh, business with the uh, with the companies you're trying to do business with those big guys that that do it. Oh, yeah. This happens a lot. This is a big deal. This is a really big need for companies. Well, I get this all the time. Absolutely. I mean, I look at it as like you get two you got two metrics as a CISO. Did mm-hmm. you pass your audit? Did you uh, did you get hacked? Did yeah. you know get hacked, right? right. And like, how do you show you're acting in good faith? Like, it, it is it is an art form, right? Like, you have to, and it also like. I make the argument for those of you haters out there that are like, oh, compliance isn't security. You're right. 100%. I agree with you. But you know what? If you can't do compliance, what makes you think you're doing security? That's true. That's so true. The basics, bro. Like, this is it's the easy shit. <laughs> like, but, it's, but it is an art form. Like, you've got to hold a CEO's password while they change their, pa- change their password for the first time. Hold their hand while, while they change their password. Like, you've got to... You, like, I know more about, more about cults than I should. Because, like, this 16-character password is going to change your life. Michael, you are going to grow hair. You're going to lose weight. You're going to get girls. It's going to be awesome. Like, you know, like, but you think well, about, I don't like, even know half my passwords anymore. That's a beautiful thing, right? I don't that's even know. Saying. But it's like, but you have to, you have to be able to get in and every company's culture is different and you've got mm-hmm. to make it work for them. And like, cause when we, we come in, like you brought in the Marines, right? You brought in this group. That's like, we got to figure out your culture. We got to advise you what works within you. And like, I mean, we have customers, like we wrote an entire set of policies and procedures in Markdown on GitHub. Was I wouldn't recommend it. Kind of like driving a Ferrari on a golf course. This <laughs> the Ferrari or the golf course, but we did it. Uh, but it's like, they have trigger words, but if you say the word change meeting, they will flip out. So you have com- some companies that are like hardcore ITIL. We have a change board and we have two meetings a month, two meetings a week. Awesome. We have other customers that like, you got to figure out how to be compliant and do a thousand pushes a day. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is actually, this is a great, this is a great yeah. uh, uh, discussion, Rob, because um, <clears throat> we so often I go into companies and I talk to them and mm-hmm. they're like, here, I just want to pay you and get me up to date. I'm like, well, that's just not how it's going to work because I need to know a whole bunch of information about your company to figure out what, how this, how the security is going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. And just like you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, it, it's about the culture. I mean, some companies are like, I want everything and put it in place and I don't care what it is. And other companies are like, how do we put this in place? But let me still do the things I need to get done. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, and you just have to weigh that and figure out what that is. And, we um, don't want to have any change. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. I had one guy, uh, it was awesome. This, this board member was all worried about ISO and he was worried it was going to change everything. And I, I sat down with him and I was like, sir, I'm just trying to make sure your insurance pays out right now. Like, like, you leave a laptop at a Starbucks, we have a reportable breach. I'm just trying to get to the point where like a self-inflicted wound doesn't cause a problem. Exactly. Like, I'm not worried about China. I'm worried about you. <laughs> it's a, it's amazing. So I, you know, when I was, um, uh, when I was, uh, uh, you know, learning all, all the security pieces, I actually did it in a company that was all healthcare. Right. Mm-hmm. So perfect way to learn about security in one of the strictest spots. Like if you're in healthcare, financial, or government, you're gonna learn security really well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be audited to be able to work with other companies. You're gonna have to be uh trading information back and forth and signing documents and everything like that. Um this it, it is such a um a needed now. What I always find interesting is when you take a group 
Um, and you'll see these like um, they'll, either there'll be startup companies or there'll be um, companies that, um, you know, uh, are, are, are operating kind of like the, you know, um, hey, we're we're new, we're freestyle, we're going to do all this type of stuff. And they and they find a find a uh, like a client that yeah. is like a well-known credit card company or and stuff like that. And they want to do business with them. And all of a sudden, they get slapped with this giant list of requirements, and they're like, "Ah, you know," <laughs> and uh, and it just it, it boggles my mind sometimes, uh, you know, because they come over, they're like, I, "I can't do all this." I'm like, "But you can. It's <laughs> just you you need to. I mean, yes, you'll need to invest a little bit of money, and here and there it depends on what you want to do, but you can do it." It's true. Like, and it's and it's. What I think a lot of people not only can do it, but you can do it for cheap. Yeah. Like there's a lot of good security can be done for free. Like if we're being honest, like there's a cybersecurity industrial complex, right? Like, and they sell you all this fucking shit. Are I allowed to cuss on this podcast? No. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll okay. We'll, we'll find look a way that to later. To delete but it. They, they sell you all this stuff, mm-hmm. and like, you know, and I'll get to that. Uh, remind me about the Swiss Army knife later about software, but mm-hmm. uh, they sell you all this stuff and. They tell you it's magically going to solve all your problems. It's like magic beans. Yep. Like it, you still have to run the program, but you can also do a lot of security by just running your program effectively. Right. Like, right. I mean, that's one of the things we teach our clients is like, it's because it's funny. Like, so a lot of our clients were new, right? And, and like, those of you listening, I'm not trying to hustle you. I'm just giving you like our experiences. Like, and, and I say this because like, they renew, but they don't renew at the small rate. And some of our best reference customers don't didn't renew at all. Like we actually teach them how to run their program. Right. And it's, it's great. Like they don't have they're not stuck with us for life. But like teaching them how to balance risk, right? Like I don't know, maybe we're de- derailing now, but you think about it like your your customers or your 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 company, they don't care about your employee data. They just don't. So you can buy them LifeLock, move on. Like, what do they care about? Like, and I, I don't know. I'm all over the place right now. Where, where, I lost my train of thought. Where were we? Uh, let me let me back up. Oh, because, back. Uh, because I I like uh, something you just mentioned. And I'm off on a tangent. <laughs> no, you did, but it's okay. Um, uh, because in that tangent, you said something that was pretty uh, was, uh pretty on point, and you were talking about um trying to uh um basically uh, you've got these companies and they're trying to, you know, actually figure out what they need Mm -hmm. as a, as an organization. Right. And that, that's, I think that's where you were going with. And prioritize. Right. Mm -hmm. So, cause like sometimes you have to learn to let Rome burn. Like you have to sit there and go, I can't get to this, but, but what I think we're cyber security professionals, IT professionals, we see all these problems. I mean, you go to DEF CON and like you come out of that thing going, Oh, we're, we're hosed. Yeah. All right. And like, so how do you prioritize it? And I think what we try to teach people is like, one, it's not your job, right? Your job is to identify the risks, go to the risk owner and let them decide how much it matters. Like, because like you'd be amazed at some stuff, they will actually help you prioritize things. They'll tell you, I care about this. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. And you say, are you sure? Blah, blah. And they're like, nope. Okay, cool. Like this won't cost, this won't affect the PL. 
And, and, and a lot of people think, and a lot of business uh, folks and security folks as well, think that it's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. I have to go all in and stuff like that. But what yeah. it really is, is a balance between what the business needs to do mm-hmm. and what the acceptable level, acceptable business level of security that they want to follow is. Yeah. And, and, you, can, and you can treat it with policies. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of people want to follow the rules. So you need to write your rules in a way that are followable mm-hmm. for the record. Like you can't just say, like you can't stop people from doing their job. So you got to think through the rules, but also how do you get to yes? And then like when you write your policies, one of the recommendations I have is like, tell, tell me where you store it. Tell me how you follow this policy. What is the procedure? For all requests, I send them here. For this, I do this. All these things are stored here. And the reason why you sometimes want to add that specificity, mm-hmm. so you actually have a program. And it's not, we do stuff and things, right? I, and, 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 that's, and that's a good move because you, when you're going through this stuff, and if, if you just blanket put out a policy, nobody's going to follow it, right? But if you, if you put a policy out knowing how the business operates and you integrate that into their business operations, mm-hmm. And they will follow. Yeah. Well, and, and I think you should train. I think people try to do, they, they try to check blocks by, by buying like some crap training, whatever it is. And like, there's some good stuff out there, like the fishing simulation, stuff like that. Like there's some good stuff, but like it's, I do training by, I, I recommend at least trying to do it, breaking it up at least into two groups, sales and marketing and dev, Right. Maybe you have operations, customer support. Maybe there's a third section. I don't know. It depends on your organization, like what you're built at. But like train, when you do the, when you do your training, and not your, your training shouldn't be, don't click on this. Like, that's great. You should always do that training, like the fishing awareness, whatever. That's fine. But train people on the policies. Talk to them about how to follow the policy. Have that conversation by group. Because also like dev people, like they're in the dark. They're not necessarily the most social people in the world. <laughs> and uh they sure as hell don't want to talk around a bunch of people who have had an egg white frittata and a frappuccino and are like a bunch of salespeople, right? Not, <laughs> like it is it's, what it is. It is true though. I mean, and, like, and, and, so how do you have that conversation? Yeah, this is a this is a really a really big deal because and and I it's almost it's it's security by company personalization is what it is, right? Yeah. That's essentially what what we're talking about. Um, uh, uh, let's take a break real quick from security. Sort of. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to um, uh, ask a question to you about your podcast uh, mm-hmm. um, because it, it's a. Uh, um, let me get this right. It's a Blue Warrior podcast. Blue Team Warrior podcast. Blue Team Warrior podcast, and um, that uh, um, you know the idea of a blue team versus a red team. Can you get into that a little bit and actually select why you said said the, the blue team? Because it's very interesting to me. Yeah. So I built the podcast. So part of it started from a talk I was given on guerrilla warfare for the blue team. Mm-hmm. So using insurgent tactics because they're underfunded, understaffed. And right. part of that is your own, your information campaign. Because I think that, you know, not that I'm, I'm, I'm endorsing Che Guevara, but yeah. Che Guevara made some valid, valid points about like, you need to have an appropriate amount of propaganda with every action you do. Mm-hmm. Right. And propaganda can be used to inform or to fool. So, you know, you're a blue team, you got to inform. But 
what what is our messaging? There's so much red team. This guy got hacked. This did this. This did that. But nobody ever says thank you for not getting ransomware. Like it's not a thing, you know. Like no one. And for you IT folks, I know this is an IT podcast. When was the last time you got a mess email saying thanks for the printer working? Hey, that's <laughs> never gonna happen. But I it's guarantee never, you, you're right. They let you know when it breaks. You know, the 300 days a year the email's working, nobody says anything. But the one day it's done, they're sure to let you know. Exactly right. And But, you know, it's interesting, too, uh, because if you're on message Mm -hmm. with with your blue team, right, if you're on message and you're continuously saying, hey, we need to do these items, we need to do these, you probably want to invest in this. We probably want to change this. We should do MFA. We should do all this. And you're, and you know, we need to write, we need to adhere to these policies. I need to strengthen these policies. If you're doing all that stuff and you're communicating, not just doing it and leaving it there, not just writing documents and going, here, bye, see you, bye. Mm-hmm. Writing documents, communicating, making sure they're being followed and continuously updating people on, on, uh, you know, possible threats and staying vigilant, all that thing, right? Then yep. when, uh, it's time for red team, right? Yeah. That allows the blue team to slip in afterwards and go, remember that thing that I told you about? It's time to do it, you know? <laughs> and so if you're, and that's a great message. If you're on point with the message, if you if you know what you need, and if you continuously do what you're doing, if at the point of time that something actually does happen, Right. Then if you dotted your I's, crossed your T's, then it means that somebody didn't invest in something or didn't follow protocol. Uh, yeah. uh, or you're just in, in, in you know, you've got uh, um, you're unlucky and that somebody uh, somebody in the organization did something wrong. Right. And and if that's the case, then that's when your blue team message becomes even popular, even more uh, popular, even more uh, um, important. And Michael, I don't know if I should, did I show you my uh, business continuity incident response tabletop? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. So and for, I know this is an audio only, so I'm just going to, I'm going to describe what I recommend to people. So, mm-hmm. cause you're talking about getting your blue team message across. Like what's one way you can do it? Make your tabletops, like make your own adventure. So, you know, I, I can show you a, you know, if you want to see it from since you're you talking about like a choose your own adventure book. So it is. So like, so I got so <laughs> tired of just like one slide, like kind of, you know, whatever that we, uh, so here, let me, I'll show this to you. So like one of the ideas, he's going to show that, me and I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go, Ooh, if you're a better uh, describer. Right. Me, <laughs> oh, I can't even, I can't even screen share. It doesn't matter. But the idea is so like one of the things would be, so one of the, like one of my scenarios is, um, uh, so Ashley sends an email to Bethany asking her to please pay the invoice for the conference booth sponsorship. Does she pay it? Yeah, yes. Cool. Well, so it takes us to the next slide, right? The next scenario. And then it goes, hey, at the leadership meeting the next day, Ashley says, I have no idea what you're talking about. She says, oh, did you ask if she paid this? And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you call IT or do you blow it off, right? Oh, we call IT. But this is where you train IT, right? So you call IT and IT goes, okay, we're going to reset creds. Is that where they stop? Or do they continue to pull out that sweet rum book 
and go through their investigation. Because like, unfortunately, like, because this is and the reason why I do it this way is some of it, and it's also to show why you do the certain things. So I've got scenarios where it's like, hey, I put private parts all over your website. Hey, you can pick A if you can show me your last backup and restore test. You can pick B if you can't. So, and and I think the reason why is like when I say like you're trying to train, you get your message out there. Is you got to show people here's what happens when it goes if we don't. Right. right. Uh, you know, that that is a <laughs> it's funny. This is the first time I've ever heard of this. <laughs> but it's such a great idea. Right. Oh, yeah. It, because fun. because people don't know until they know. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've had so many different people, you know, uh, sometimes come into my office and well, when I was working at an office um, yeah. and, and they would come in and they would, uh, you know, they had screwed up and done something that they shouldn't have done. There's a virus on a computer that, you know, something happened. I visited a website. Oh my gosh, something happened. You know, I sent an email to somebody. I didn't know all this, all these bad things that could possibly happen. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, and it's too late, yep. especially, you know, I've had someone came in and they sent an email with confidential data out to uh, somebody they don't even know. And at yeah. that point I look at them, I'm like, well, it's too late now. Like you, there's nothing we can do. You've already sent the data out to the void, right? I mean, at that point, it's free game for everybody. You know, yeah, and it happens. Yeah. Oh, it, more than you would think. And uh, and it is a uh, um, it, it's a real devastation. And that's why the I, I think the blue team messaging is so important. And I actually I love the 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 thought process to do it like a um, you know a yeah. choose your own adventure book. It's, you got it. And you can write people into the story because yeah. if you want people to care, make it about them. It's not about you. It's about them. So what do they care about? People are human. Mm-hmm. Like, why do people want to be on podcasts? Because they want to be cool, right? <laughs> like, it is what it is. and There's nothing wrong with that. So, but play into that and understand human nature. And if you have them in the story, guess what? They're going to be paying attention a whole lot more. Like, and, and the fun part is you get to ask the head of marketing, hey, do we have a script already ready to send out in case our customer, someone on Twitter says we've been hacked? <laughs> what, what are our customers? No, we don't. Okay. The scenario continues down this path because we don't have that. Yeah. Like, you know, what's funny is is I've had that conversation before yeah. <laughs> several times. And it always kind of amazes me uh, when we when I walk through scenarios with folks and uh, and, and they go, Oh, no, we, no, oh, oh. And and how they feel afterwards is like this bottomless pit of like, they thought they were doing good. And then all of a sudden they're like, and I'm like, listen, yeah. don't feel bad. It's great because you caught it before it was a problem. That's the, that's the great part. You Now you can fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. I actually like that. That's a, that's a, it's a really, really good way to look at that and a really good way to do that. Now, um, you know, writing policy uh, is is a um, you know is a, a lot of people like like to snore when they do it. I am a writer. I like writing. I have fun doing it. I actually like picking my words carefully and and writing the mm-hmm. policy so that when auditors will come back to look at the policy, they they don't have a, a, a lot of wiggle room to you know to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. This is this here. I, I cover this and. One of the things that I always feel is, uh, you know, I always kind of do to to folks when I when I talk to them about security 
is I start narrowing the scope, right? Yep. So I'm like, okay, listen, we got security, but that doesn't mean you need to secure everything. Like, what are you trying to do? You got what critical matters? data? Let's fix, where is that data located? Let's try and uh, and just, uh, you know, and also spot and 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 and, uh, and apply it there. Well, and I think it's also like activities. So, what business processes matter? Some matter more than others, but some are more of an availability thing than a confidentiality thing. That's true. And That's so, true. when we say secure it, what do we mean? Right? We need to. We got to think through that. That's part of that risk assessment. That's the part that I think. I don't know. Like I see, I see it all the time, and this is and this is where we come in. We we try to help bridge those gaps of getting IT out of their own little like they're afraid of their own shadow sometimes. And like for those of you listening, some of you are like, "But they're going to eat me." It's fine. That's what you bring in a consultant for because we're brilliant. Just ask us and like been and, through it. Yeah, it, but not only have we been through it, but because we're a consultant, suddenly people will listen to us, even if it's the same stuff you've been saying before. It, it's surprising, but Rob is making a great point here um, because I have done the same possible, the same thing in, yeah. in organizations, especially if you're internal IT yeah. and you're trying to get something, right? Yeah. You know, I don't know why, but why companies sometimes don't listen to their own people, but sometimes they need a second opinion and you bring them in and you do that. And also too, it's not just even that. You may think, uh, and I'm talking to the IT individuals that we have, you may think that you know the best way to do it. And you may not. You may yeah. not. There might be a better, cheaper, uh, more streamlined way to get that done uh, that you probably have seen because you've been doing it with a lot of different companies. Do you ever think like sometimes they need, it's it's almost, and it's also sometimes being able to be told, hey, it's okay. You can't secure it all. Yeah. like, there's so much pressure and you're trying to do all the things. And sometimes people like they're, they're, they're everyone's intentions are in the right place, but I get people sometimes trying to play CISO and it's nothing wrong with them. Like they're IT, they're IT people. They're doing, they're, they're holding both hats, but they're either they don't care enough or sometimes they care too much. And it's like, you're caring about things that nobody cares about. It's true. It's true. Right. It, like, and Yeah. You've got a bunch of uh, companies mm -hmm. that frequently understaff their IT departments. Absolutely. And then they, uh, um, you know, and you've got, and you hit all sorts of things. Like I, the IT directors today, CIOs today, they deal with every possible thing under the sun. I mean, one day they could be fixing, uh, call, talking to somebody about fixing their laptop while they mm -hmm. turn around and create a budget, right? That's how flexible IT directors, VPs of IT, uh, they, that's what they need to be. They just need yep. to be able to go from one spot to the other uh, and run the gamut. Mm -hmm. um, unless they have a highly uh, uh, um, populated team uh, in the internal IT, which is usually not the case. Absolutely. Uh, um, no, it's, it's totally true. Because I think like one of the problems is like they... It's, it's, I mean, it's hard, right? Like, you are trying to do everything. And there's so much cyber bullshit out there. Like, you don't even know what to care about. I mean, you go to the conference, and it's like, I'm told, I need this, I need sassy, I need zero trust, I need this, I need blah, 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 I need AI, blockchain, APT, APT. 
And it's like, bro, I am just trying to make sure people's password isn't password. Yeah. Let's start with this. First and foremost, uh, if you don't have cybersecurity insurance, (laughs) get cybersecurity insurance. Yeah. And to get cybersecurity insurance, what are they going to need to do, Rob? They need a program. Yeah. Because they ask a lot of questions. And you probably need a privacy program depending on what you do. Yeah. That's one of the things we also do too, is we do 27701, which. For those of you listening and Googling, what's 27701? That is the privacy cert you can get in addition to ISO 27001. The reason why that's relevant is it's the closest thing that I've seen to a GDPR cert that's accepted. Because it means you have a real privacy program and it will cover you for CCPA, CR, whatever it is, whatever privacy world you're in. So let's run up these acronyms real quick. So for those who don't know, GDPR is the European, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, privacy uh, uh, set of regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're in the United States and you're trying to do business with uh, someone that's in, the, in Europe or you're trying to transfer data back and forth, you, you better adhere to these GDPR rules. So one way to do it is to set up uh, um, DPAs or uh, uh, data privacy addendums. They mm-hmm. go different names, but that that will allow for that. And set up Privacy Shield, uh, even though Privacy so, Shield is not uh, really in, kind of enforced right it now. It got rejected. People don't want to not be on it. There's a new thing coming. Yeah, 3.0 is sort of coming, right? Yeah. So if that's why I recommend the Privacy Cert with ISO. Yeah. Because Privacy Shield, it's not really accepted, right? Or yeah, it's it, kind of, it is and it isn't like. It's, it's not, this weird gray area with it. It doesn't like, yeah, that's the problem with it, right? Like you're not going to, you're not going to having it is not going to be a, a detriment to you. No, it will not hurt you. And it, if you have a good privacy program, it really shouldn't be hard to go get privacy shield. Like right. that's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, um, listen, I, I, I get, I get things all the time that still reference privacy shield, even yeah. though it's not really, it's, I mean, true. it's still active within the United States. Absolutely. Well, what's funny is not uh, is not really accepting it. Yeah, they don't care. They're like, yeah, we get, our court rejected it. That's why you have to make sure that anybody that you hand data to, right, mm-hmm. your subprocessors, are all uh, um, documented and that mm-hmm. you have data privacy addendums with them uh, to ensure that data transfers will, uh, will Absolutely. work. Absolutely. Well, and, and one of the things I, I've recommended, and like, I'm not saying you have to get certified against it if you don't mm-hmm. deal with a lot of PII, but... So my little company is ISO 27001 and 27701 certified, which is pretty rare. Like we're seven people. Like that's people. And I was like, just record, you can do it to seven people. But we did it so that we could live it, right? Mm -hmm. Eat our own dog food. And like, it's fascinating. Like it caused me to think through from a marketing standpoint, what day do I collect on my, on my vendors or or on my customers? Like what? What do I care about? You know, what do I, what do I need? What do I not really need? What am I not like, I yeah. don't need this data. Like, cause there were times like I thought about collecting uh, veteran data, right? Are the, are, you know, some of our customers are veterans and being a veteran owned company, that sounded like a cool idea. And then I thought through it and I'm like, what am I going to do with that? Nothing. Cause I'm going yeah. to still send a birthday cake to our non-veteran customers too. Like it doesn't, because for those of you, you know, Marine Corps birthday is November 10th, 1775. If you know a Marine, always say happy birthday on November 10th. If you don't, 
you're a bad American and you let ISIS win. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, as I continue on, but the point is, is like, but it forced me to think through that. Right. And it's like, and we only have it because like when we're doing audits, we possibly could come across customers PII and the way we set up our audits, generally it's not going to happen, but we wanted to make sure that we knew how to run a program. And what's good about it is it, it'll actually increase your security. If, if your data breach, if you, if the data that would be breached, that it would cause the most impact is PII, mm-hmm. then you want a privacy program because that will limit the breach. There you go. And, you know, uh, I did mention, by the way, GDP, yeah. GDPR and, you know, basically, uh, um, you know, crossing, CCPA, crossing sorry, the Atlantic yeah. to do it. But, uh, yeah, CCPA also is in the United States. And I, I forget, neglected to mention that. So and HIPAA is basically patient privacy, New York 500. So CCPA is California Consumer Rights Protection Act mm-hmm. regulations. There's, there's CRPA, there's HIPAA, HIPAA High Tech. There's uh, 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 DFARS and the um, and, DFARS. And with, with uh, with their new what's the um, what's their oh, yeah. uh, what's their uh, um, thing called now? It's DFARS, but who? What's the um, CMMC? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, CMMC. Uh, yeah. That's the biggest one right now because a lot of contractors are like scrambling to get to get into that one they are so if, if you deal anyone with listening card, to this that's what we do yeah. for a living if you're dealing with credit card information you're dealing with pci pci right? you got yep. pci if you're dealing with uh so you got kui which is basically somebody probably got a medal because it used to be that's why i hate acronyms sometimes because it used to be for official use only <laughs> but now it's like it's cui which really CUI, only the right. government can define what cui is and cui was really designed to be like if you put Rob's a Marine. Rob lives, Rob is stationed in Djibouti. And he does this job. Like those, any one of those things doesn't matter. But those three things together are a thing. And so like we needed to control that information. But one of the things I'd tell you is that like anyone listening to this with CUI, like the government needs to tell you what CUI is. You do not, they tell you what CUI is. You are not. Uh, don't decide it yourself. Let your customer tell you what CUI is. That's a great point. That is an absolutely great point. Uh, because it's really easy to, to determine what PHI is, right? Everyone knows what health information is, right? But the government so, needs to tell you what that is, right? Yep. And uh, it's funny, you brought up the, the, the HIPAA, so everyone knows what PHI is. The, don't confuse it with ITAR. So, you familiar with ITAR? Uh, jog my memory. So, it's international. It's familiar, but I can't remember. International IT, international trafficking, trade, and arms regulation, something like that. I don't okay. Know. Basically, it's basically saying, like, hey, it was designed uh, for, hey, if you build this sweet gun and the military says, hey, you can't sell that to Russia, right? It's restricted by trade regulations. So, the same thing has happened with like encryption. Certain encryption algorithms yep. are governed by ITAR. So some of your software might be governed by ITAR. If you make chemicals, whatever you do might be governed by ITAR. That doesn't mean it's CUI. It just means it's governed by ITAR. And like there may be rules on who can read it, like no foreign, US, Canada, whatever. But that's different than CUI. It can be the same. 
or it can be different. Mm-hmm. Yep. This, that, that's an interesting point. And it kind of goes back to uh, what I was talking about, about scope, mm-hmm. right? And identifying scope. And this is a, this is a big, a big deal because it'll save you some money and some time <laughs> and a whole bunch of stuff. Because why are you going to, unless it's cheaper to just do the whole thing. And sometimes that happens, but, uh, but most of the time you don't have to secure everything. And I love what you sure. said when I talked about data, but you also talked about the, the business processes that happen as well, because that's such, that's such an integral piece of it. Well, um, which activities handle this data or matter or care about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, and, and sometimes people get wrapped up too much in uh, I got to protect just the confidential data and all this type of stuff. And then you're like, okay, but uh, you know, if something happens, how do you, uh, um, how do you collect uh, payments from your, from your you mm-hmm. know, customers? Or what's going to start costing you, know, you service credits? Right. You know, it, your website goes down. How's that going to look to everybody, uh, you know, and stuff? So these are these are things that sometimes people uh, overlook because they're so focused on on, try, on trying to do the scope. So it's a good point. We should limit the scope. But we should also identify the other pieces of the, of the puzzle that make up mm-hmm. the entirety of a business. I just tell people, I say, you know, listen, if you uh, close your eyes, and and think that your entire company is down. What's the type of stuff that you'll start to bring up first? Yeah. Not only that. Uh, what level of what's the minimum level of security? So what stuff should be in your DR plan that's required by contract? Right. That's one of the things about ISO. So one of the things I love about ISO, and I am an ISO proponent mainly because like you have an ISO backbone, it's so easy to map to everybody else. But two, uh, it allows tailoring of the controls, whereas NIST is very prescriptive. Thou shall, you know, you got to fail, if you're doing FedRAMP, fail closed if you stop logging, whatever, right? So that sounds great, but that doesn't apply to everything. So what's nice about ISO is that, like, you can write the rules based on the risk. So if you do want to certify, because what's cool is you can certify the whole company for ISO if you wanted to, or make everybody follow it. But then you add on the the NIST, the CUI, so, like, this department handles this, this matters here. Here's some more prescriptive regulations in the PCI environment, whatever. But with with ISO, like you write the rules based on the risk. So like if you're only handling, like uh, let's just say, uh, conf- sec- uh, internal use only or secret, you know, confidential data, look, customer contracts. Mm-hmm. You're in this bucket. This is, and here's how. Here's where the world you live in, and you have a lot more freedom. So it also encourages people to stop trying to handle stuff or have access to stuff they don't want. Right. But if you're in this bucket, you handle the top secret data, the G14 classified, strictly confidential, whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't care. Like the rules should be more prescriptive, should be more painful based on the risk. Yeah. But that way, you can write a program that lets the company operate and go, hey, do you handle this data? No. Then here's your rules. If you handle this data, it's a little more restrictive because you're handling this data. Yeah. Like, it's like we put the stops where they should be. Exactly. Leave everything else smoothly running. Like, like you, if you slow down marketing, trying to bring on some whatever to build to do something stupid that you don't even care about and nobody cares about, you're gonna be out of a job. It should. Yeah. Go to the CI. know, go. Hey, here's the risk. You're not handling this data. It's up to you. And, like, and, and another good point here is that also you have the ability when you're redefining security in an organization to also redefine the processes as well. Mm-hmm. And you should take advantage of that because you can actually uh, 
simplify process. Processes get crazier, you know, as time goes on. And and then people are doing things and they don't even know why. And you're like, why are you sending this to this person over here and over here and over here? Just send it to here, you know? And mm-hmm. so if you simplify those steps and make their job easier, uh, at the same time, you're implementing security, which is great anyway, because anytime you want to implement security, it's always easier to implement it from the ground up <laughs> than really to tack it on afterwards to a thing. So rethink of the process, reimagine it with security in mind. And sometimes you can create these processes that are way more effective and reduce time much easier for folks and have security built in. 100%. I mean, Mr. Moore, you are a brilliant man. Because like, make it suck less. Like, <laughs> Like at the end of the day, it's not skiing, it's not snowboarding, it's compliance, it's it's program. But you got to make the program function, Absolutely. right? And you know, it's funny you talk about streamline and take advantage of that. I also tell people don't try to boil the ocean. Like when you talk about narrowing your scope too, like nothing says like next year you can't expand your scope. So make you know when you're doing like third party process or something like that, like roll it out to just one department first and make sure you can be efficient because like the other part that i think people screw up is they they want to improve their security but they don't account and they're like oh this and and, and even this new software will save us time a sim it's gonna help us save log correlation but if you haven't been doing log correlation to begin with guess what it's still net new time yeah. Like people forget about that. They're like, it's going to streamline all this stuff. But if this process didn't exist, you can streamline it all you want, but it's still a thing. Now you've you added additional pieces to it. Yeah. No, it's a good point. And this happens all the time in organizations. Yeah. You know, it, there's a nice, uh, um, super good looking app, app that comes out and people are like, Ooh, yeah, this is going to solve all the problems. Well, really, well, to solve your problems is turn around and relooking at your processes and fixing them mm-hmm. internally. And yeah. some, sometimes, actually, that's a, um, you know, if you can do it internally, great. If you can uh, reach out to somebody uh, from a consultant standpoint and do that, uh, mm-hmm. that also helps, too. It's great to have an outside perspective sometimes when you, you have too many people that have been doing it for so often. Yeah, and it's like, you know, so we do like compliance as a service. So after they get certified, we help them maintain their program. Mm-hmm. And it depends on what level... They need because, like, if they have the staffing, awesome. If they don't, we help them. And sometimes we play. I don't use the term virtual CISO because I don't want to be a threat to anybody's title. Right. Like, <laughs> bro, you call yourself whatever, or, or, or lady, you call yourself whatever you want to be. <laughs> don't care. You can call us whatever you want us to be. Don't care because, like, we're here to help. Sometimes we do more because, like, they need a security person and they want a peer, and sometimes they want a deputy. Like, and that's fine too. Like, but you also have, you have somebody to handle the, the grunt work or the crap that you don't have time for. You know, it's like filling out the stupid questionnaires or making sure the risk, you did the risk assessment, you did the tabletop, but you never wrote it up. Like, how do you get credit for it? Or the internal audit and the prep and the thing. Like, there's all these things that like, yeah, you have, sometimes you need a little help. And the thing is like, I always look at it as like, I mean, you know, you're an IT, Michael. It's easier to outsource certain things than it is others. Like yeah. having people on your firewall is a lot scarier than somebody writing policies or making sure your internal audit was done right. Absolutely, and like, and that's a that's a big piece. I mean, you end up uh, and, and 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 that's actually a big trick in business in general is what do I outsource and what do I not? I mean, you got to think 
you know, where is your strategic value as a company, right? What do you do that probably people don't understand or don't know, right? Great. You keep doing that. And then the things that have no strategic value that you can just do like normal, then that's outsource that stuff. Get that out of the way, right? I mean, these are... My little company. I have outsourced yeah. HR, outsourced finance, outsourced marketing. We don't do that. We do like we we do compliance. We do security yeah. compliance. And, right. and and this is a good piece to it because yeah. if you're if you don't know where to start uh, with uh, um, it's kind of last thing I'll say on this piece is if you don't know mm-hmm. where to start with security, uh, and you feel overwhelmed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is is there's. Uh, um, you know, there's folks out there like you, like you that, that do this all the time and yep. can help you through the process. Don't sit there and struggle and silence and try and, uh, and go, I don't know what to do. Right. I mean, the, yeah. this information is there's tons of people out there and, and it's okay to say, Hey, we need to bring in some outside help to, to help get this correct. Uh- you know, Michael, you hit, hit the nail on the head. So, like, one of the things I described, and it's funny, like, I've worked for some, like, we have customers that are security companies, hardcore security companies, and they use us to help for what we are good at. Yeah. Like, and, like, so, like, security is like medicine now. You need a heart surgeon, you call a heart surgeon. You need a general practitioner, you go a general practitioner. Or, in your case, Michael, you need a urologist, you go to the urologist. You don't <laughs> go to, you know, the cardiothoracic surgeon. Right. Urology. Like wrong, wrong person. So, and that's the thing. It's like, and that's, and, and that's why like, I feel good. It helps me sometimes. Like I need to feel good about myself. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't suck. Cause like, you know, compliance gets a bad name, but it's like, when we have real security companies that bring us in to go help them get, cause they, they do security for their customers, but it doesn't mean anybody does this stuff for fun and they don't know how to do what we do. That's okay. And these are some world leading experts. I can't give their names or any of that stuff. Cause that would yeah. be, Violation of like not only NDAs but just like code, man code or yeah. person code. But uh, like what? But if if they can use us, anybody can, and it's okay to admit you don't know everything. It's impossible to know everything, and, and that's I, why I don't call it virtual CISO because I don't yeah. want someone who wants that title, director of security, whatever they are, director of IT, to feel because like you don't want some. You know, no one's going to hire a virtual CISO. Mm-hmm. They'll like, hire some people to come help them out. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's a good point. It, it, yeah. No one knows everything in IT. You can't. And it's impossible. And it's a it's a foolish thought to think that they do. Uh, a lot of people understand how to, how, you know, who to talk to and who to get to get get that stuff. And they understand the general rules and stuff. And if they don't know, they know who to go out and actually talk to to make sure that they get that information. And that's big. Um, but that being said, uh, Rob, uh, it's time for IT Crystal Ball, and I want to know if you know what the future of IT security is. Oh. I know. Every time I say this, I get that, like, oh, there's, oh, man. That, but, yeah, the future so, of IT security. I think the future is the past. So, and, and this is something, like, what's funny is, like, you ever listen to General Mattis? He talks about, like, he'll hear, like, the new hotness, hybrid warfare, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it's the same stuff people have been doing for years. It's just now they're doing it with different tools, techniques, and procedures. So, a great way to look at it. 
like zero trust is not new. For those of you who think you have come up with the most brilliant plan, this was all the hotness about 10 years ago. Like it what's what's old is new and what's new is old, right? It's the same stuff. And so did my camera just get fuzzy? Yeah. Uh, good look, good news is is that no one else can see that besides me. I'm just making sure I'm not having a mannerism because it's like, man, like I've had a few, I've had a little bit of bourbon, but it shouldn't be that blurry. Um, so I would say like next generation, you're going to see automated compliance in a lot of, in, in certain parts. Now, now I give this word, this word of caution, automated compliance is great for what it's good for. It does not replace running a program and actually making sure your program is effective. It'll automate what you are doing. It will automatically tell you you're not doing it right. But it will also only automate detecting what you pointed at. It's like running a Nessa scan at a section of your That's network. perfect. That doesn't need anything. I got no vulnerabilities. <laughs> like you too can have a perfect score. Like so, I think, and I think that's the the the, the, the scary part is the more yeah. automation. People forget that like you're automating. You might be losing something from it. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not against automation, but I'm against. Uh, giving yourself a false sense of security. So I think yeah, that's yeah. that's one piece. I think I think you're going to see a, I think you're going to see a bit of a movement back away from cloud. Believe it or not. Interesting. Okay. Like not much, but I think there will be a subsect of people that will go because I'm a big fan of the cloud because like I'm I hate blinky lights, shit breaks. It just is what it is. However, there are some things that like maybe it doesn't make sense to put in AWS or, or Azure or GCP. And, and don't get me wrong, they're great stuff. And they probably do a better job securing stuff than you do. However, when you put it in that third party, you now inherit additional risks. So depending on what you do and your size, there are some things that maybe don't make sense. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, so I think you're going to see that. And then, oh, sorry. I don't know which one you want me to want. I think you're doing fantastic. Just keep going. Okay. I, I think okay. this is an excellent. I'm like, I'm like, I can see this. Uh, I can see, like, it'll be interesting to see how MSSPs uh, look in five years, because like, it's such a hustle. Like, you pay ten grand for Splunk, and then you pay ten x that for someone to tell you what Splunk says. Like, and some suck less than others, but like I think you're going to see the MSSPs that they're going to find ways to actually take action for you because mm-hmm. you're going to need that for them to become more useful. Otherwise, they're just it's basically like pager duty. It's a person with pager duty, right? Uh, exactly. And, and what ha- what happens is if you if you don't actually pay attention to the needs of your clients, mm-hmm. um, then what's going to end up happening is you're going to uh, become the extra cost line item uh, on your, uh, uh, you know, when the CFO looks at it. Yeah. And they're going to say, what is this? Well, they, yep. they do our security. And it's like, do you really need that? You know, because like all of their, if all they're doing is giving you that, then like mm-hmm. you could hire, you could hire a person to just it, it, or anywhere in the world to look at red light, green light and go, it went red, call you. <laughs> like, like that's way cheaper. Like, I think you're going to see decentralized socks. I think you're going to see, like, if I were, if I, if I was smart, I would set up a sock in like Rockingham, North Carolina, Casper, Wyoming, someplace with tech college where I could just 
work with them and get what I need. And then uh, the third thing, or the last thing I think is compliance is going to, like FedRAMP is going to become the gold standard for SaaS companies because it is the most prescriptive. And it's actually pretty standard for that piece as mm-hmm. they update themselves. But I think you're going to have compliance, like you are not going to be able to sell without having some sort of certification. What I worry about though, is a race to the bottom with some of the automation. Some of the automation is great. Some of it could be a big, could negate certain compliance frameworks. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to say which, but you know, uh, I think we can all figure out which ones it might be. Uh, yeah. Probably ones, ones run by CPAs. Um, <laughs> so that's what I got. I, I, I like it. Rob, uh, thank you so much uh, uh, for being on this uh, podcast today and, and entertaining us. Um, nerds, I'm, I'm Michael Moore, uh, host of this pod, that podcast for Dissecting Popular Turners. Uh, we've had the ability to talk with Rob Carson, the founder and CEO of SemperSec, and also um, uh, running the Blue Team Warrior podcast uh, uh, out there on uh, LinkedIn. So uh, check them out. Um, we'll post uh, Rob's information so that you guys can stalk him. I mean, look at look at what he has. Uh, um, but uh, it's a it's some valuable information. And Rob, this is a great uh, a great chat. I, I appreciate it. There's a lot of great information it. here. It's fun. Like I like the crystal ball part because I'm just like, <laughs> oh, here's what I see. Because like I see a lot of people getting popped with automated compliance, thinking it's going to work magically, and not making yeah. sure it's pointed at the right things. Like the tool is only good as a human. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Like, I really appreciate it. Thank you.